One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of Another Happy Pod is sponsored by Unicorn Meat. Unicorn Meat, a delicious treat favored by the Fuhrer. Yeah, now shush, we're recording. Jarvis, maybe don't fall off the chair. You and your fucking cat. Leave my fucking cat alone. I will beat you up. I will not. You're just jealous because you don't have a cat. No, I'm jealous because I've lost a fucking 150,000 in bells this week. Today, in fact. That's your. I heard about your predicament. Nathan spent a lot of money on Animal Crossing. Um... Real money, wasn't it? It was one hundred and fifty. Not real, real. It's not real money. Real British no. pounds uh, that you invested uh, on. It's just uh, not true. Was it turnips, tulips? What the fuck? What'd you buy? Summer tea. So, I bought turnips. Okay, I yeah. spent one hundred and fifty thousand bells on turnips, and I decided. I thought I was being clever because I changed the date on my switch so I could go and buy turnips because you can only buy them on a Sunday. So I changed the date. And then I changed the date back, but I didn't realize that if you travel back in time, quote-unquote travel in time, with turnips, then they spoil, and you can't sell them for a profit. So I bought 150k worth of fucking turnips and sold them for two grand. And I'm was that was that fuck. your big was that your get rich quick scheme idea as well? It was my get like, rich quick scheme. Yeah, I thought I was gonna be fucking. Uh, Jordan Belfort here, but here I was fucking crying over some spoiled turnips. Well, uh, that's the last time you take some uh, some vegetables through the time vortex, Nathan. I tell you what, kids, the stock market is a dangerous game. So <laughs> invest wisely. That's the what stock. I say. Hello and welcome back to another Happy Pod, the show where we talk about pop culture and trying to keep things just a little bit fresh, positive, and optimistic. We don't always. Succeed but we do make sure we have a damn good time doing it. My name's Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, the naughtiest editor there ever was, Lawrence Thomas Heisey. How are you today, sir? I'm very well, thank you, good sir. Uh, I appreciated the shorter version <laughs> this time round, as opposed to last week's, like, 10-second-long rant about all my, uh, you know, all these accusations you hold against me, uh, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very well, Nathan. We're going to be talking about some uh, a movie that you watched for the first time yesterday, I believe. Oh, okay, so we're straight into it. No, no talk, no, no catch up. Just straight into the. What kind of what kind of cat what kind of catch up do you want to have? I was going to say, how you been? You've been a busy boy this week. You've been doing. I'm, you've been I'm making always... moves. Oh, thank you, Nathan. I, I'm always making moves. Boy. No, I didn't say I was always making moves. I said I'm always a busy boy. I didn't say I was always making moves. Whoa. Sometimes I'm busy doing complete time-wasting fucking shit. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I have been a busy boy. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, Have you been a busy boy, Nathan? 
Do you want to say you, you do this every fucking week? Do you want to say why you've been a busy boy? I'm fucking setting you up. I'm trying to make you look good. <laughs> this, this is what you did to me last week. I'm, I'm returning the favor. I know. <laughs> no, I don't want the favor. I want you to fucking go along with I did, what I right, set up. Okay, fine. I did it. We'll work together as podcast hosts uh, should. Um, <laughs> uh, I worked on another caravan of garbage. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I had a good time. Um, and uh, yes, it's not live uh, currently because I think there was another video that came it, out. It is. It is live because it is oh, live, it's live now. It's Friday at 10 a.m. Yeah, it is live now and you can go and see it. And I make a cameo. So I'm not just helping on this one. I do it. There's a moment <clears> where. Um, where the big man himself thanks uh, the main editor Ben, uh, and I helped out on it, but so I get to do a little high five with Ben, and it's a it's a great moment. And I definitely didn't do about a hundred takes of the high five, uh, so we can put that rumor to bed. I actually watched you record that, and it was about I would say at least thirty minutes of <laughs> you just fucking around, uh, trying to get that high five done. You tried to get your cat involved. You try to get zucchini involved. None of it would work it's, out. And it's in a the hard end, thing to do. No, you don't... Right, this is a hard thing because do you, do you, do you overcomplicate that moment? Do you think I'll bring my cat into it? Is bringing your cat into it just kind of pandering to an audience? Like these, these are these are people that make judgments on the editors, and the editors are known in so the community. I'd... It was literally two seconds of footage of you high fiving, and I'd like I don't to point think out it required you, you were giving, that much you were giving... You were giving me so We don't much have time for this. Shit. Anyway, so Fuck let's you. move on. Nathan, this week I set you the task. It was my week to choose, and I set you the task of watching uh, Joseph Joseph Rabbit. Uh, have you watched that film? I hope so. Uh, I have, but I didn't realise that we're doing this in weeks, that you get a week and then I get a week. No, but it's just, it, more so like this was my suggestion to the list, not like weeks. Like, but you, your okay. nowhere boy was yours. Like, I was just a little bit confused because you did use the term. This was my week to choose. So, okay, well, I apologise. That is not what I meant. What I meant, Nathan, was that I chose this, uh, and I'm sure this didn't need to be explained. As even if that was our system, who cares? <laughs> well, I was just confused, that's all, so I wanted some clarity. You're a co-host on this <laughs> podcast, you know that's not how it works, for a fact. Exa which is why I wanted the clarity, because it's, that's not how we do things. But whatever, shut up, I don't care. Yes, I have watched this movie, I watched this uh, yesterday, for the first time, might I add. I hadn't mm -hmm. seen it before, I knew very little about it. Uh, so yeah, gave it a little watchy watch. When you say you knew very little about it, what I'm assuming there's stuff you couldn't avoid knowing just just because this movie, when it came out, it kind of made a big fuss. So pretty what much, you... pretty much all I knew is that it was set in Nazi Germany, um, and Taika Waititi plays Adolf Hitler, who an, an imaginary version of Hitler. That's what I knew. I knew he was his imaginary friend. So. Do you want to, as a as a first time viewer of it, as of yesterday, do you want to just share your opinions? Because I, I have a lot to say about this film. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I thought this was absolute fucking dog shit. Oh no! Really? No, absolutely not. It's great. It's a fucking <laughs> brilliant movie. Why do you do this? <laughs> I don't Oh no! I like to catch you off guard. <laughs> it's a, of course it's good. It's a fucking great movie. It's it's well written. It's well directed. It's really really good. It's fucking hilarious as well. I had a a, a really a really good time watching it. Yeah, it's really good. So, can you believe? Um, I say this like it's a like a something that is difficult to believe. It's not. Oh, by the way, uh, spoilers. We don't say that enough, but spoilers. Oh, everything. big, big, big spoilers. Always, always spoilers. We used to have like a spoiler warning at the beginning of episodes, but now we do that fake ad thing, so we kind of got rid of it. Yeah. But anyway, spoilers. We, we chose to remove an integral and important part <laughs> of the episode for something that literally makes no sense and is very, very often not funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Well, that's, that's showbiz, baby. That's podcasting. Yeah. That is, that's podcasting. Um, 
Yeah, so this... Uh, <sighs> can you believe that this movie, when it came out, it gave... Um, uh, a lot of people were not happy about it. Not and When I say not happy, I mean they were more so just, this is very offensive. A lot of the Hollywoods were if, out there going, if, this is very rude. If people were saying this is very rude and very offensive, I would imagine they hadn't actually seen the movie. Yeah. Or they were Nazis. Or they were Nazis, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the two. One of the two, yeah. Because the, <laughs> this movie is... Like, it's it's clearly a fucking... It's got a very clear message of fucking anti-Nazi. So, uh, yes. like, which which isn't a strong stance, but apparently is so these days. Um, so, it's, it's weird Nathan, that can people we not get can find it offensive. I guess podcast. the depiction... Shut up, you cunt. I guess the depiction of Hitler... Um, can be offensive to some people, but then I would think, I think even Taika himself said, I'm not playing this guy seriously. He was a fucking idiot. He doesn't deserve the respect of being played seriously. So fuck him. So, which is absolutely correct. Hitler deserves no respect whatsoever. So fuck it. So fun fact, um, in the midst of this kind of, um, coming out uh there was an interview you know one of them typical like variety actor actor slash director roundtable screenwriter roundtable kind of discussions um there was one of those that came out and taika watiti participated with a with a very like kind of strong group of people that were very much so like oscar winner writers like your typical aaron it wasn't aaron sorkin but like <clears> your aaron <throat> sorkin types people that take themselves very seriously um, scorsese yeah, basically, yeah. And so they said they were they were having this whole kind of it was a bit of a pretentious conversation, you know, like how much truth should you put into your fiction and how much all all of this kind of waffle. Um and <laughs> he seemed incredibly out of place and I don't think his answer went down very well when asked, uh, did you do any research before undertaking the role of Hitler? And his response was, He wasn't worth a second of my time and I don't care. <laughs> um and then uh, you kind of cut to these these shocked hollywood uh types going oh my god but do you not think that's very disingenuous and he was like why no one needs to do hitler justice (laughs) like no one see i think i that's that is the problem and that's a problem that america specifically has america are very very fucking weird about glorifying their history it happens with like the statues of fucking confederate soldiers they have the uh, yeah. the weird naming of towns and fucking like lynchburg tennessee is an incredibly fucking weird place to name a town um literally naming after a place where people got fucking lynched it's it's pretty weird that that's still the name of a place in 2021 and america has a really weird relationship with like the history is history it's the past is the past it deserves to be respected and glorified no matter what no matter what side it was on and yeah and like i think the rest of the world has kind of the same view as well mostly anyway has kind of the same view as taika in the no, we shouldn't be respecting these people who don't reserve who don't deserve respect. Yeah. Fucking the Hitler's Hitler's place of death is a fucking car park with a Burger King on it. There's no memorial. <laughs> there's no sign. There's fucking nothing that indicates this is where Hitler died and rested. It's literally just a fucking car park because he doesn't deserve a memorial. He doesn't deserve fucking <laughs> anything that indicates this is where he is. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's. It, it did strike me. Obviously, I know that those those kind of roundtable participants, they're not going to sit there and go, "Oh, well, Hitler deserves to be had his like his story told." <clears throat> Obviously, that's not what they're saying. But it's more a case of, I think Taika approached this and the film in general in the sense of, I'm not telling a story about Hitler. I'm telling an anti 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 war anti Nazi uh, story anti. Um, propaganda story uh, set in Nazi Germany through the eyes of a child. Um, and I the, think the, the tagline message... of this is an anti an anti hate satire, which I quite enjoy. I I enjoy that, and it, it and that is the perfect <clears throat> tag to sum it up. Like satire is this through and through. Um, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. What What did you make? It's of... very funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you um What did you make of the story in general? Do you want to like recap it for people that might not be familiar with it? 
yeah, sure. But again, go watch it because it's good, and I'm and we are going to spoil it quite heavily. Mm. Um, but yeah, so little boy um, is part of the the Hitler Youth program. Um, he's very fanatical. He's clearly grown up around a lot of propaganda, and and he's been indoctrinated into Nazi life. And here he is. He's a very big fan, and. He's he's such a big fan that he has a best an imaginary best friend who is Hitler himself, which is played by Tyker, which is quite hilarious. Um, so he goes off to like this big like Hitler youth like summer camp thing. I guess is the best way of describing it. Um, like, like scouts for Nazis. But, yeah, like scouts for Nazis, Nazi scouts, you know. Um, so he goes to Nazi scouts and accidentally blows himself up, which is very funny and caught me completely off guard. Cause I was, oh, is he dead now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very, very funny. Um, and there's some great fucking actors in this as well. I mean, Sam Rockwell as as the Nazi camp counselor kind of guy who then, mm. who's like, who was once like a great soldier and has now been relic to like this, like, babysitter role it's it's very funny there's, Rebel there's a running Wilson joke is, at, is there's a there's a running joke with him where it's like every time you see him he's been demoted in some form or another uh, which i think is just <laughs> and, so brilliant and he also and he's also in a clearly in a relationship with uh alfie allen as well <laughs> from a uh, game of thrones yeah and that was that was hilarious to see rebel wilson also very funny in this um yeah, and then and then he goes back home um, because he got blown up, um, and he's spending time with his mother, Scarlett Johansson, um, and basically he comes to learn that his mother is hiding a a, a young Jewish girl in her home, uh, in in his old sister's room, um, and then he, a young Nazi fanatic, has to come to terms with the fact that. You know, he's part of now harboring, uh, a, I hate saying the word Jew, but he's part of harboring a, a Jew, a Jewish person, um, and he has to come to terms with that, and basically it goes from there. So I, th- I think one of the the like the best things about this film, and I, I, I've watched this film like maybe three, three times, and then yesterday make it the fourth, uh, just to kind of catch myself up on it. And one thing that never gets lost on me is how... Taika Waititi has such a like a unique gift, and we've spoke about it before in uh, in Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a podcast that we recorded fucking ages ago now. Um, but he's got such a unique talent for telling like stories about kids and the way that kids kind of always have this innocent perspective on what can sometimes be a very gruesome <clears throat> and uh, gritty life. Um, and how choices yeah. that adults make can really have an impact on kids and the formation of their kind of formative years, uh, which I think is fucking, it, he, he does it so well. And this is, uh, this is probably the, I think this is my favorite film that he's directed. Uh, you, you haven't seen all of his, have you? No. So, well, um, so what haven't I seen? Um, Honestly, I can't even remember at this point. I definitely haven't seen Boy. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's others that I haven't seen. He's got. He's done Boy. He's done um, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, he's done. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. So I think this film is like. Firstly, <laughs> the guy that plays um, <laughs> the the main two, uh, the the girl uh, who's called Thomasin McKenzie, I believe, uh, who plays the young Jewish girl, and then Elsa. Um, and yes, and uh, then um, I I think his name's Roman Roman Griffin Davis. That's it, uh, and he plays uh, the uh, JoJo himself. Uh, they're incredible. Like for. Like they're they're unreasonably, especially Jojo. He's very talented, considering he filmed he's, this when he was like eleven. Do you know the interesting thing about that is, um, first of all, yeah, completely agree. They are both incredible. Um, Roman, in particular, the kid who plays Jojo. I don't know if it's just me, um, but I see a lot of Taika in him. Like I kind of you you clearly get the sense that Taika is directing this young boy and telling him exactly how to say the lines and exactly what to do because that was really coming across. Because if you know like how Taika talks and how he just acts in general, that that kind of came across in Little Roman. 
Um, so that was really interesting to see. One thing I've first, I think the cast across the board in this is incredible. I don't think oh, yeah. there's a bad there's a bad actor in this. I think Scarlett Johansson is someone who uh, who gets a lot of flack, um, and rightly so in sometimes. Um, but she was pretty fucking incredible in this movie. She was oh yes, one, so, one of the standouts of this movie. That took me by surprise massively uh, when I first watched this because um, I remember thinking. Like, and, it, and it was, it came out at that, that exact moment where people were really starting to kind of get the arse of seeing her in every blockbuster, uh, playing characters that really she has no business taking ownership of that, of those roles. Um, and obviously there's the, you know, there's the joke, like Scarlett Johansson would play a tree, etc. Like, um, yeah. But, so there's, there's a big, I, I wasn't expecting her to be half as good as she was. Is, and she... She is literally, and I think Taika Waititi himself has said this, she is the emotional core of the movie. Because, oh, 100%. Yeah, and there are, there are two sides, which I think is so amazing in this film. Um, there's two sides to Jojo. There's like almost like the angel and the devil on his shoulder. The devil personified, of course, by his imaginary friend in Hitler uh, and his kind of connection to being better and thinking for himself being personified by his mum. And again for for the love of god if you haven't seen this stop listening now um there's a scene uh which is set up and in genuinely one of one of the um most emotional payoffs that i've seen in recent years so when that when that scene is set up uh again caught caught me completely off guard uh <laughs> i was just there enjoying a young boy and his mother walking about town having a really good time just been a little just been happy in a cute little family and then suddenly it just hard cuts into a shot of about six or seven people just hung by their necks just hung up in town whether they i don't think they would have been jewish people i feel like they would have been uh what the the soldiers would have uh cast as traitors or whatever they, they were people who were harboring jews or or part of the uh the resistance or whatever um and it's just it it's weird because yeah, it's such a huge contrast to what you've seen immediately before. It's just so bang in your face. This is this is what's happening. It wasn't fucking all joking and happy times at this time. It was really, really fucking brutal. And this is the reality of the situation. And then again, later in the movie, um, Jojo is walking around town by himself this time, and then. The thing that's so good about it as well is throughout the movie, um, there's always shots of uh, his mother's shoes. Like she, like she's walking on a wall above him at one point at the swimming pool. She's doing the same thing. Um, he tries to tie her shoes. No, that's, that's then. But there's lots of different shots of her shoes. And then later, unfortunately, she herself has been hung up uh, in the streets. But you don't see her. You just see the shot again of her shoes, her legs and her shoes dangling, and Jojo's reaction, which is fucking incredible uh, yeah. for a kid that young. Um, and it's it's just so, so emotional and so beautifully and also tragically echoed throughout the movie in different ways in that first scene where you have the initial shot, and then again, the repeating shoes all throughout it. It's, just, it's so fucking brilliant and so... I don't know. It just so stark to the rest to the rest of the movie. It's, yeah, it, it's really good. So I, I think there's this is one of the reasons why. I mean, there's many reasons I love this film, um, but this is the main reason why I prefer this over Tyker's most of Tyker's work, um, and it's why I think it's kind of a step above the rest of his stuff. Um, is because this is the first time as a director. Obviously, he's very confident in his comedic skills. He's very confident in he's a talented bloke with improv. Like, I think there's what we do in the shadows. He shot for like over 100 hours and then cut down, and that was all improv. <clears throat> um, so he's a competent director, and he's very, very good yeah. at getting the best out of performers. Um, but this was the first time he let the film do a lot of the talking for him. Um, so that moment in itself is the perfect one to highlight because it's... It, uh, uh, Jojo doesn't even look up. There's not, and the film just relies on the fact that you have to have seen these red shoes and you need to have noticed them to understand that moment. From context, you, you'd have to be a pretty fucking dumb to not realize what's going on. Um, but in the story, yeah. 
no one actually references the fact that his mum's died until maybe like 10 minutes after that. So if you haven't been paying yeah. attention, if you went for a piss, tough luck. Like, you, that's 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 what you miss. And it's the first moment, I think, in his career that Taika has really put the put the film in control instead of you know making a joke out of like something or telling the audience something directly it's the first moment i think he's really gone this is a moment that needs to stand for itself um and i, I think just think it's so good as well yeah it really is and i think what's interesting as well is before that reveal before you actually see not her but her her legs hanging uh from the whatever it's called the thing um she's actually quite absent from the movie for 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 a little while like uh she's referenced by the gestapo and and by other characters but and then you see her from behind you don't actually see her face when jojo's following her through town um and it's it's quite a while it's probably about 20 30 minutes or so that you go without seeing her and then yeah. you are kind of like wondering like where is she she hasn't shown up in quite a while and then suddenly bang there she is just right in your face fucking yeah not in your face but she's dead but that's that's another that's another way that he lets the film do the talking because he has faith in the fact that you're not going to notice something's missing because yeah um, and it's my favorite scene in the entire movie um the gestapo visit the uh visit jojo's house um the the fucking the running joke that they have throughout that scene (laughs) the heil hitler joke it's it's so fucking stupid but yeah. it's so hilarious i i love the works. fact that no one no one plays it serious like as in like no sorry no one takes it as a joke like it's not like no if that joke is ruined if one person rolls their eyes and goes oh hitler this is so silly we're doing it to everyone but yeah. everyone commits to it and it pays off so great like it's it really brilliant. does yeah and even Stephen merchant the, again very good yeah, and that that's even sold even more. Like it's proof that he gets the best out of his actors because Thompson McKenzie, the um, is it El- Elsa? Elsa, what's the the girl? Elsa, name? yeah, Elsa. So there's a moment where the joke is Elsa. I just is, said it. Yeah, so it's um, it's just played for laughs um, up until the moment where um, she actually says it, and it's the first time that this Jewish girl who has seen her family get shipped off has seen uh, her partner probably uh, murdered, though she probably didn't see that. Uh, she has to stand in a room with a lot of high-ranking Nazi officers and say the words Heil Hitler in the middle of a scene that is heavily played for comedy, but you still don't lose that emotional aspect to it, which I think is so good. No, not at all. You can, you can see that she really doesn't want to say it. Um, mm. And I think even Stephen Merchant, uh, the Gestapo character, I think he picks up on that a little as well because he kind of has a look. Uh, but then, but then she does say it, um, and then as well, like they go for the whole thing of like the book, which is basically just them making fun of Jewish people for 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 a little while. Jo- we're reading JoJo's book, and she has to sit and endure that, and then all the stuff about uh, her her late boyfriend, fiance at that point as well. It is amazing how you can have like really haunting and really terrible stuff played off uh, with some hilarious fucking comedy at the same time, and you're not losing out on either. Like they're not they're not diminishing each other. You still have the mm. the effects of of the, the the horrors and and everything like that, but you also still get the effects of the comedy. It's it's really well done, and there is very few people directors who could pull that off taika is definitely one of them yeah oh i i i am fully resounded to the fact that had this been directed or performed by another kind of tonally less um sensitive uh director it would it would be borderline offensive like because there's stuff in this there's stuff in this that genuinely could be seen as career ending if he didn't approach it with the absolute sensitivity and that's why it kind of frustrated me when i saw those hollywood types getting annoyed when he said i'm not giving hitler the respect he deserves he's not it's not like he's not uh, approaching this film delicately and gently because it's a sensitive subject he's just putting the sensitivity and applying that to the characters and aspects that deserve it not the negative things no one wants to see a sympathetic nazi i'm pretty yes and and first of all i i agree which is one of the things I kind of had a hard time with this movie. I hate that I felt bad for Sam Rockwell in this movie towards the end, um, mm. but whatever. It's by the by. Um, 
Why? Uh, Why do you? Out of interest, just expand. Because, because he's a Nazi. No, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But beyond that, um, do you not think the film shows him to be anything more than that? Yeah, I do, but I, I'm, I don't feel like you should portray Nazis to be anything more than that. Do I you... know it's not all black and white, and there was some people who, like wore the uniform because they had to wear the uniform. But I didn't really get that sense from that character, though. He didn't seem like someone who was doing it just to get by. Sure, there are moments throughout the movie where you see him as a nice person, the Gestapo scene and what he did for Elsa and everything like that. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, he's still a fucking Nazi. Um, and it's you... it's very hard to to take a Nazi and, and make them a sympathetic character. I Yeah, completely agree. I think this is a film that did it, that did it and did it successfully. I understand fully that there'll be people out there that will not want to share this opinion. But I'm of the opinion that from the, the first moment that Sam Rockwell's character is introduced, literally his one of his first few lines of dialogue is saying, you know, even though apparently the war is a lost cause and we're um, we're on the back foot and this is entire fucking thing is pointless, apparently we're doing just fine. It's clear he holds a resentment for what this what his country and what his government has forced him into doing maybe not so in the sense of the soldier side but he's not like it's very clear that he is a soldier that wants to serve his country but does not buy into any of hitler's kind of fucking insanity and um kind of sadistic outlooks uh, given by the fact that if he really cared he would have given elster up he would have um like there's a lot of negative things and opportunities he could have proved himself to be scum of the earth and no more than just a, a prick in a Nazi outfit. Um, but I think he, he did a good job. And and in the end, like he sacrificed his life. He prompted the execution of himself and other Nazis to save a young boy who'd just been caught up in a hell of a lot that was beyond him. Okay. Fair, fair enough, yeah, fair enough. It is, <laughs> it is hard to argue with that. Um, I, I would probably need to watch it again because I don't think I caught the stuff you're saying there at the beginning about like the lost cause for the war and stuff. So I think this is a, this is a film that only gets better with multiple viewings. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So so fair enough, fair enough. I'll, I'll take that on board. And, and I got uh, Nathan to concede a point. <laughs> shut up, <laughs> yes. you cunt. <laughs> but what I, I was going to say, though, I, what I, I made was, the point about Nazis. No, you don't. And I win. No, you don't. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lawrence loves Nazis. Everyone. Um, Fuck you. So, <laughs> so uh, what? What I was going to say, though, uh, just in response to everything you're saying, like about Taika, I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. Yeah. He's he Jewish. he he identifies himself as a Polynesian Jew. Yeah. A Polynesian Jew. So there you go. So I think if anyone has a fucking right to to say these things that you're saying and to make these jokes and to portray Hitler this way, it's him because yeah. <laughs> history, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a, no one needs to point out the glaringly <laughs> obvious. I think, yeah. I think the Jewish community are owed some kicks on Hitler in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think anyone who says otherwise grow up. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was, it was a great choice, I think, to have this movie open in a weird fucking way, but with um, the Beatles playing I Want to Hold Your Hand in German, which is just great, and then, yeah. but then also like kind of showing Hitler as like a Beatle himself, like the reaction from the crowds and everything like that, which was yeah. very weird, but very hilarious. Uh, what, what did you think of all that sort of stuff? Uh, so I loved it, and again, uh, one of them hilarious moments that you catch on a rewatch. Uh, every single time, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't translate this from German, but I know the Beatles song "I Want to Hold Your Hand," uh, and every time the chorus line comes up, um, which is quite often in that song where it says "I want to hold your hand," they smash cut to uh, a large group of people raising their hands in the Nazi yeah, salute. Uh, they do. Which is, it's just one of them. Like it's a, it's a subtle attention to detail. I think this is is very well done. Um, I don't think there is a better crash course to prepare you for this film than the opening scene in itself, which features a young boy running down the streets of Germany, going "How Hitler! How Hitler! How Hitler!" and just screaming yeah. to everyone, almost as if he's going, "Hi guys, good morning. I love I love this. Having a great time." <laughs> like, um, 
And I'm really happy that there's now a, a HD audio clip of me screaming Heil Hitler out there. <laughs> I was just gonna, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm not saying it myself, but I'm glad it's, it's out there. I'm just if it's gonna, ever, and I'm if it's ever taken so... out of context, no, if it's ever taken out of context, <laughs> this is where it came from. Uh, I am not. So I'm just, I'm just gonna clip that one out and save that one for. Or later. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for that one, Lawrence. Um, <laughs> one joke in this movie which had me absolutely fucking rolling. And it's just so quick and done. Like, it's not anything that's fucking... Well, it's kind of come back to, but it's, it's not anything meaningful. It's not anything big. It's just one off-the-cuff joke. <laughs> that is the fucking... The Nazi clones... That yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a fucking. It's just a group of like fucking seven or eight boys, but they're all fucking identical. And they're yeah. just called the Nazi clones by Rebel Wilson. It's fucking hilarious. Dude, there's the funnier. I think something that's even funnier in that is that she's one of the jobs listed on their to do list is walk the clones. So, so, so you're you're led to believe there's someone, and they offer the job to Jojo, so a boy could go out with these seven or eight clones and just walk them around the square, get them get some exercise in. <laughs> very, yeah, I think I was reading on um, IMDb as well that the clones uh, are the twins, I think two twins, um, mm. and then just obviously repeated, uh, but they're actually the younger brothers of Jojo of Roman Griffith Davis himself. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I read that. So I oh, didn't know that. Oh, well, there you go. Um, there's a few things about this that I I really enjoy, and it's the it's something that they they use kids very well in this movie to tell uh, to present to us how idiotic uh, the Nazi regime became and how clutching at straws the entire government kind of falling around kind of came to, uh, and it's referenced a few times. The little things like. We see Yorkie, who is Jojo's best friend, who, by the way, is the best little the kid. The cutest out there. fucking kid. Oh, yeah. He's so cute, man. <laughs> also, I love, I think that there's something along the set must have gone, can you do a German accent? And he's got halfway through the film and goes, not really. And, he, and Taika Waititi goes, okay, use the most <laughs> British accent you can. Uh, because he is not he is not trying at certain points, which is brilliant. He's not, but but I don't care. Also, it's clearly only like a matter of fucking days until that kid gets cast as a young Nick Frost in anything. Oh, it's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It may have, if the, if the Cornetto trilogy was being made now, Edgar Wright would have yeah. signed him on to three movies, no questions. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's um, but there's moments in this uh, so where they make it they make it so apparent. So the fact that Yorkie is a soldier and they, and they even go, uh, Yorkie runs past him in his full cardboard uniform because they've run out of fabric <laughs> to make Nazi officer uniforms. Um, so, and then, and then he goes, he goes, is that cardboard? And he goes, no, it's this cutting edge bulletproof technology that the Nazis have made because they're the best <laughs> and they're so smart. Um, and uh, yeah. And, it, and little things like that. Uh, also the, Rebel Wilson um, ignites a grenade on one of the clones and goes, go give that soldier a hug. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's, it's just the amount of absurd shit mm. going on, uh, which just, it basically it's not the integral plot because at this point you're well invested in Jojo's progression as uh, a bit like beginning to overcome propaganda and thinking for <laughs> himself uh, and his kind of emotional journey throughout this film. But it in the background, they are sowing the seeds so well uh, and presenting a government that is clearly falling apart. Uh, and just almost in every scene from the middle point onwards, every kind of big scene set in the city, if you look in the background, there's something fucking absurd going on, like loads of soldiers carrying just a bunch of fucking pots and pans and trying to like <laughs> use them as weapons and like swing them. Um, yeah. It's, there's so, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. But I think it's, they it's really well done. Yeah, the attention to detail on this is it's something that's it's it's clearly just been something that's been done with a lot of care and a lot of respect because it is a very uh, it, it's a tricky thing to do as as doing a movie like 
set in this period in this specific period it's it's clearly something that is very tricky and needs and needs to be handled well um and like uh, he's he's got a great mix of fuck it but also yeah let's pay respect as well it's it's a great combination that again somehow he manages to pull off um and i i don't know how he does it he's a, he's a very he's a very clever man so fucking hats off to Tyke. um so there's there's some interesting moments and we'll yeah. we'll wrap up pretty pretty shortly. Um but there's some interesting moments that of like of like I guess they're trivia. Um but I I've watched that there with this on the Blu-ray comes a behind the scenes uh, like making of documentary which is really insightful. Um and I think it's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Um so there's there's a hilarious moment in that where Taika Waititi often found himself directing scenes uh, dressed in a full Hitler getup. Like a full movie accurate replica <laughs> costume, like not just walking around in a funny mustache and like a comb over. He is fully dressed and presented as Hitler down to the blue contact lenses. Um, and apparently he is genuinely admitted he thinks he dropped the ball on directing a few scenes because where he would normally be more intense uh, and request the actors give more, he felt very uncomfortable shouting at people dressed as Hitler. <laughs> Uh, which is, That's you know, great. it's hard to it's hard to kind of disagree with him on that one, yeah. um, which I think is which I think is hilarious. Um, I think one of my favorite moments of him as Hitler is uh, it's probably about like midway through the film, um, and, and by this point, Jojo has like discovered Elsa Hayden and, and he's like dealing with with what that means and everything like that. And he just goes into his room and Hitler's just there tucked up in his bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But so, and also the end as well, where Jojo finally fucking accepts, uh, that Hitler's a cunt basically. And he just says, and he just like fucking throws him out the window and just says the line, fuck off Hitler. Uh, that was a great moment. <laughs> normally, this, that's one of them things. Moment. It's one of them things where normally, like when a kid is like given a big swear word in a film, I'm like, oh, this seems very unnatural. But it was definitely one of the moments where you go, yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck you, Hitler, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what? He's right. Fuck Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's um, there's an amazing choice in this, uh, which I think cause I'm just basically I've I've read up on quite a lot of interesting stuff, and I, I think it'd be a shame to miss it. Um, this is a, a film set at wartime in Germany, um, and is not presented in your typical Saving Private Ryan 1917 grey, muddy, brown, green color palette. Um, yeah, this is a film that's very colourful, um, and the reason for that is because. Um, Upon apparently a lot of research, Taika Waititi found out that a lot of um, uh, a lot of kind of small towns in Germany at that point were really like embellishing and kind of enjoying fashion, um, and apparently that was something that it was there were you know there was so little to live for um, at those moments. Um, your country on the verge of losing a war that ninety percent of you don't want to be in. Um, that a lot of them took to just kind of presenting themselves in fun ways, you know, living every day to their for what it could be their last their town could i mean for i mean this town does get invaded at the end of the movie um and a lot of the yeah. kind of uh, the men and the shepherds that are even played as a joke you see them die um but yeah so i just think that's an interesting choice and it shows that like it's just one of them it shows that taiko Titi obviously was not being lazy making this movie he was just putting the respect again where it deserved to be telling the people yeah. story 100 percent, yeah uh and i think that also like, because you're right, it is it is quite vibrant and colourful. Um, but then it's it's that thing again. It's it's painting over a bad picture. It's painting over a, a sticky situation because while surface level things are great, underneath it all, like you said, everything's going to shit. Like the town is falling to pieces. It's crumbling. Um, the fucking the soldiers, the the Nazis are in disarray. Um, but yeah, everyone's like wearing these colorful and vibrant outfits, which is a good contrast. Um, I would have also been, um, uh, fucking impressed by that, what you just said, but I also just read that on IMDb. So, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's one of the first, yeah, it is the first thing. 
Um, it's literally I, the first one they show. <laughs> in my in my defence, I knew that many moons ago, uh, and it's not my fault that you only watched the movie and read the IMDb just now. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Right, um, Nathan, is this a yeah. big fat watch or a big fat skip? This is obviously a, a big fat watch. Um, it's fucking hilarious. It's it's a great time. It's a sad time. It's a heartwarming time. Definitely think pretty much everyone should watch this, unless you're a Nazi. But actually, no, even then, if you're a Nazi, watch this. Educate yourself, you dumb cunt. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I would say it's a percent a watch. I'm just picturing a load of Nazis at home, like watching this. You know, the people, some people out there in the deep south, just going, just going. I don't, I don't understand the jokes of this. This is meant to be comedy. <laughs> you know, why, why, why is the, why is the child being friends with this Jewish person? This is not fair. Um, which I, which I, you know, I would like to see. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in, um, in a lot of um, angry white people's homes <laughs> while they yeah. put this on. I reckon um, it'd be quite interesting. Yeah, it would. Nathan, it's time for Clone Wars Corner. Oh, Lawrence, Lawrence. What? Watch or skip, you dumb cunt. What do you think, Nathan? I've just spent the last hour going... Yeah, we'll save, we'll save that. All right, this is, a, this is a big fat watch for me, gang. Uh, now that you've heard that killer opinion from me, <laughs> as I'm sure. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, no, genuinely, genuinely a, uh, a big fat definite watch. Uh, it's very... Uh, it's emotional, it's a good time, it's a sad time, uh, it takes you on an emotional journey and a big old ride, and it's very kind of impactful, and for people that kind of want to um, I guess know more about life at that time, it's very educational, I think. Like It's it's a nice eye-opening piece, in my opinion. <laughs> there were clones in Nazi Germany. Um, yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Craig, play that theme song. Clone Wars Corner with Lawrence and Nathan. But Nathan has already seen it. It's mostly just Lawrence. I have just watched two more Clone Wars episodes after my abysmal attempt last week uh, where I attempted to recap an episode I'd already spoken about because I hadn't watched any. So I put some time aside, and when I say I put some time aside, I mean I literally watched them <laughs> before I jumped on the mic to record this. Uh, so today I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episodes 6 and 7, which are Downfall of a Droid and Jewel of the Droids. Um, is... I'm aware of these episodes, so R2? R2, yeah. Gets uh, gets R2. lost. Uh, he, yeah, he does. He's he's busy on a mission, uh, and I wrote down some notes, uh, which I think it could be, a, this would be a good format just to just to run through those notes. Um, well, yeah, before we do that, just give us, give us a little recap of what happens, Lawrence. So, uh, Anakin uh, is out on a big space mission against the Separatists. General Grievous thinks he's got him in a little trap. Anakin, in fact, however, has the trap. Uh, and he, General Grievous does a little fuck you, a little escape. Um, he goes, fuck this, I'm getting in my little ship and I'm getting out of it. Anakin is not happy about that, so speeds after him, pushes his ship to the very, very limits of how fast it can go um, to catch up with Grievous. Um, and compensating for the engine's power, R2 kind of gives everything he has um, to to get that ship a bit closer um smash cut to anakin waking up in uh, like a medical bay and he's told that r2 is missing uh, now this normally wouldn't be a problem uh because it seems that like, anakin is kind of one of the only people in star wars that ever gives a fuck about his droids um and obi-wan's just like look you know shit happens mate but we're at war i'm not going to risk men's lives uh for collecting a little bin um from <laughs> the enemy uh, and Anakin then goes in his true Anakin, typical irresponsible self goes, yeah, but kind of never wiped the plans off of him, though. So if he falls into the hands of the enemy, they'll know everything about our tactics, our strategy. Uh, and I'll, I'll have kind of fucking single handedly cost us the war effort, uh, at which point Obi-Wan is cross, uh, but very sassy. Um, and then the, the kind of mission entails that Anakin has to go and find r2 or at least confirm that he's dead and whatever happens he needs to make sure that grievous doesn't get a hold of him um but yeah 
so that's 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 the recap of it. Uh, he's also given uh, a little droid called R three as a replacement, um, and Ahsoka is willing to give this droid a chance. But Anakin, Goldie, Goldie, or or Stubby, uh, as Anakin calls him, um, and he's uh, not everything is as it seems with little Goldie Nathan. He's a spy. <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, so yes, it's a trap. Um, it's a... <laughs> Um, so yeah, one thing I'll say about this, the introductions are always really engaging with this show. Like the first five minutes of this, of every episode that I've seen so far tends to be very hectic, very busy and very like classic Star Wars, uh, which I like. Yeah. One thing that isn't classic yeah. Star Wars in this little two episode arc, uh, is the music choice because I felt like I was watching the matrix. There is very 90s vibes going on with this episode oh really there's a lot mm. of i don't know if that's like a, a recurring thing because i'm not far enough into it to know if this is just there the clone wars tone um no very... so the clone the clone wars genuinely has some of the best music in star wars like yeah john williams is obviously the goat is obviously the fucking the great Yes, when it comes to Star Wars music, uh, but mm-hmm. Kevin Kynan, who scored, um, he scored fucking Clone Wars, he scored Rebels, um, and now he's scoring the Bad Batch. He is like the the next level. So, like just under John Williams, he is really, really incredible and does yeah. some really good stuff. Clearly, this is this is. I mean, for a little bit of a techno theme here. He did, and this is not. I'm not bringing this up to say it's a negative in any way, shape, or form. This is very like. Is <laughs> fitting, but it is fucking weird. <laughs> like I would urge you to go back and watch it because <laughs> it's just uh, a bit odd. Um, so if I run through my notes, um, uh, I've put down R two is literally the tea bitch uh, uh, because Anakin a lot of the time asks him. You know, you've got that intern at work that you ask to fix unfixable problems. You're like, can you make this work? Uh, and they kind of go, there's no humanly way possible. Uh, R2 is constantly asked to push himself to the very limit of what he is capable of. Um, and Anakin's kind of just like, do that, please. See, what I like about these episodes is that once again, he just shows the, and, it, and it's pretty explicit. It's not said, but it's like, like told, I guess, through the storytelling pretty explicitly. Uh, the, once again, Anakin should not be forming attachments to to anyone or anything. But yet again, here he is forming another attachment. Yeah. Um. He's he, three of his attachments appear in this episode alone. Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and R two. Okay. Is three big attachments. Uh, this coming from a man who's supposed to have zero. Um, so, so there you go. Yeah, are. I think the Jedi have always been fucking assholes like that, though. Like, no one can honestly tell me that Obi Wan doesn't care for Anakin and wouldn't like would cut him off if the mission demanded it. Like, but I'm yet to see that friendship develop more so in this because I know it is. I know it does. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think of the episodes overall? Then? Overall, they were great. Like, they're really fun. Yeah. Like. What I'm really enjoying so far about this show is that it seems to mm. these are these are these are moments and little mini episodic arcs that um, Star Wars would never normally give the time to, and they don't warrant a big movie. They don't warrant like imagine how boring it. Would be. Uh, Anakin loses R2D2, a Star Wars story in cinemas now. <laughs> like no one cares for that. So this is the perfect format for these little little stories. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying how Ahsoka brings a lot of like heart and fun uh, to the show. Although in the early episodes, I know the character she becomes after watching. I've seen like a few late in the day Clone Wars episodes, um, and I've also uh, obviously know where she ends up in uh, the Mandalorian when she shows up as uh, Rosario Dawson. Um, but I like how kind of genuinely like young, naive, and just nice she is in this show. It's a really kind of refreshing pace for Star Wars. Yeah, um, especially. Uh, coming from someone that holds a lightsaber because normally they're either Anakin or the trademark most boring people in the world, <laughs> which are the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's true. One thing um, one thing I will say, just going back uh, on what you said about uh, about the music, there's a, there's a great meme for the Clone Wars, and it's like, it's, do you know that meme of like someone slamming on a button? Like the, uh, yeah, the yeah. red button and someone slamming on it. There's a great meme where it's like, uh, Anakin does anything vaguely dark. Kevin Kleiner 
slamming Imperial March. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I've seen that before. <laughs> it's very funny because it's, it's very true. It is very true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the um, the, this this whole episode was kind of great. It gave it gave um r2 a moment to shine not that he's ever been short of those moments but this was like a whole kind of episode dedicated to r2 fun moments um especially at the ending there's a there's a great little fight uh between <laughs> r2 and r3 on this rickety bridge in the middle of yeah. space um and it, 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 it like i wrote down it's just like it, it's literally just two bins playing fucking bumper cars <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is great um i i said if i was a if I was a Star Wars asshole on Twitter, uh, I'd probably yeah. be annoyed that R three didn't have the upper hands because he should technically have the technological advancements and the newer statistics and stati- uh, and like strategies. Um, but then I also wrote down it's literally two bins in a kids show. Who cares? Um, which I think is pretty accurate. Uh, he has a little yeah, great moment well, where he nudges off his restraining bolt, uh, which is fun. Um. But yeah. Oh, uh, one moment I really liked, and then I'll then I'll wrap it. Um, and there's a moment where Anakin has to speak to this like collection of or this like this guy who drives around space and collects scrap metal. Um, yeah. And he, it's clear that he has like experience speaking to like low life kind of people because um, he gets on <laughs> and like normally where most people would be like. I'd imagine Obi Wan would get on and be like, "I'm looking for a droid, my droid, and I'm here with a with my lightsaber because I'm a Jedi, and you should give me that droid back." Anakin gets on and he's like, "This random girl wants a thing," and he's immediately trying to run a scam, like he's immediately <laughs> trying to like play it off. So I, I liked that. That like it 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 was very apparent that Anakin was the right man to get on that ship because he's the one that has experience dealing with these pricks and sees right through him straight away. A hundred percent. Uh, so there we go. So that is Clone Wars Corner for this week. Um, I think your next episode involves Jar Jar, if I'm not mistaken. So yay! Have fun with that one. <laughs> I won't. But I you'll if you want to if you want to do it by arc, then the next one is a two episode arc. So, but your choice, your choice. Um, but yeah. So so that's Clone Wars Corner. Craig outro, which is the same as the intro. Clone Wars Corner with Lawrence and Nathan. But Nathan has already seen it. It's mostly just Lawrence. Uh, right, Nathan, next week we are doing A Quiet Place 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um, and I'm very excited. Uh, you're watching that with Big Cole, aren't you? <coughs> My dad, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, we're going to see it on <laughs> Monday, I believe. Uh, so, So there we are. Um, and I guess Planet of the Apes gets pushed back another week. We will never watch Planet of the Apes. No, I, I actually do. I do want to. <laughs> I genuinely do. Uh, right. Uh, so this uh, has been a f- fun episode. I need to find a better way of like starting these outros. Um, Nathan, this is a podcast that uh, is hosted on a podcast service called Apple Podcasts, which also has a review-based service that you can use. Uh, and not just you specifically. Anyone can use this service, provided you have an Apple Podcasts account. Uh, which I think just requires an iCloud account. Not an app- most people have those. Yeah, not an Apple Podcast account. There's no fuck you stress. Nathan, I'm d- so. I'm clearly I'm clearly doing a bit. Uh, give us five stars, <laughs> and if you don't, that it would be uh, uh, an obstruction of justice, and you'd be preventing uh, many people finding this podcast um, because that would and that would be very sad. Uh, give us I don't know what. The fuck- <laughs> Give us five stars. Uh, this These podcasts come out at 10 a.m. on Fridays, uh, and we're actually getting pretty good at sticking to that, so enjoy it while it lasts. Um, Give us yeah. five stars unless you love Hitler. That I mean, now everyone's got to do it, really, because that's, yeah, the, so that's the that's If you the don't give way. us five stars, you love Hitler. So We didn't make the rules. We just enforced yep. it, um, yep. like Hitler. Um, don't say he that. Did, he did make the rules, though. Don't say that. I'm unsure as to whether that's offensive or not. <laughs> or we'll find out if you get cancelled. Transparency is a double-edged sword, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying this.
Uh, right, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Another Happy Pod, uh, and we will see you next week for A Quiet Place Two Electric Boogaloo. What a good joke! Thank you. I made it twice. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> anyway, say hi to your mum for me. Another Happy Pod. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.